Thanks, Tim. Uh, the alumni board, uh, our mission is to connect and reconnect alumni to the, to the institution, to each other, and even to current students through some mentoring that we do. Uh, it's a labor of love, but it's also a group effort. And I know that some of the members, past and present, of the alumni board is here. So if you, if you are, if you could just please stand up. I'd like people to see you and thank you for your hard work. So Don and Dan, Ken, Susan. Rich is in the back. They do a great job. Everyone's a volunteer, and it's a, it's a working board. There's, there's nobody who's got a, a, a passive role in what we do. And, uh, and we, I, I think the... Uh, the alumni are better for it, and, and a lot of our, our uh, events are well attended because of it. And I think it's, uh, it's starting to, it's achieving its goals, which is kind of the, when you look back on it, that's the best test of, of how we're doing. Uh, our first honoree tonight is really one of last year's honorees, right? And uh, what, what happened was he's a fellow who, who uh, not only was worthy of an award, but also has the, the very good judgment of knowing that if you've committed to take your wife on a European vacation, and somebody says, how'd you like to come to Ohio for a day and get a vase and say a few words? You, you go on the vacation, um, which he did. And, um, and, but he's, he was able to be here this evening, and so we thought we would take the opportunity for him to hear what we had to say about him last year in absentia and maybe hear uh, a few words from him as well. So um, the, the first uh, award is the 2012 Professor Edward J. Kelly Award, and it's going to go to Mike Kehoe. Stretching back to the days when Professor Ed Kelly uh, six, six decades ago, Franciscan University has been dedicating itself to forming men and women of character to be leaders in the business and the community. And Mike's a prime example of what it means to, to be a man of character. He had a long and illustrious career with AT&T. Uh, he's been a steady example of virtuous leadership and uh, modeling the virtues of integrity, honesty, loyalty, and dedication for everyone with whom he's worked. Uh, he rose through the managerial ranks of what was then Ohio Bell and then later AT&T where he later would become vice president of AT&T Ohio. Uh, he demonstrated what it means to practice servant leadership in that role. He took great care for the role of the corporation in society, and that brought him to serve on Boston College's Center for Corporate Leadership. His service extended through his many charitable community works, including serving on boards in the areas of commerce, community development, and education. Uh, he's a veteran of the United States Army. He helped uh, begin Franciscan begin a Veterans Day ceremony uh, this says last November, but it was really two Novembers ago, right? Because this speech was for last year. So two Novembers ago, as I recall, uh, he was a driving force behind having a Veterans Day ceremony here to honor former students who had served in the armed forces. Uh, for being a man of character who sets the example of not only um, what it means to be in the business marketplace, but society as well, uh, we're pleased to name him the class, Michael, uh, from the class of 1968, uh, the recipient of the Professor Edward Kelly Award from... Uh, from 2012, actually. Um, he was um, unable uh, in 1968 to even attend his own graduation because he'd been called up for service in Vietnam. So he wasn't there then. He wasn't uh, able to be here last year to hear his award, to get his award and hear what we had to say about him. But he's certainly here tonight. So um, Mike, thank you for coming back. It was worth the wait. Uh, and uh, congratulations. Please come up and accept the Professor Ed Kelly Award. Thank you very much, Chris, for those kind words. And I know this evening, there are eight or so sisters of St. Joseph up in heaven, talking right now saying they cannot be talking about the Maikiho we had in elementary school. <laughs> and yes, I do very much appreciate the opportunity to do over the mulligan, whatever we're calling this, two years in a row to be honored. That's fantastic. Uh, as Chris also mentioned, I missed college graduation. Uh, had completed the uh, first month of the officer candidate program at Fort Benning, 
And after the first month, they had discharged about 75 men in our company, uh, weren't really able to run down to the PX to get a, uh, a candy bar. So using all of the logic and deductive reasoning that Dr. Spinningweber had taught me here, <laughs> he said it would not be too wise of me to go request a weekend pass to go to college graduation. So that went by the wayside. That's why this is certainly doubly important. So now I'm here. And a big thank you, one huge thank you. Thank you, God, for all the blessings that you've given me. The parents that you gave me enriched me, certainly. The opportunity in this country that we've got to be who we are. The university that gave me the academic background, a leadership background, a social background that really helped propel me forward. And of course, in true biblical sense, I have to acknowledge God and the helpmate he gave me. Who I met here, and ironically, God's plan, two weeks after we home from Vietnam, we re-met 41 years later, three wonderful children. She played corporate gypsy with me, did about six relocations in our, in our uh, stint with AT&T. Obviously been the driver behind my success in making me a better husband, a better father, and a better Christian. I could go on and talk about a lot of other professors I should acknowledge, but let me just close with one quick story. There was one course I had at Franciscan University that I took because I had to. It's a one-hour course called Fine Arts. And here we are in this beautiful complex, but it's ironic. I'll admit I was more into athletics and pop music. There we were, sitting in this one-hour class, hearing arias, Rossini, Puccini, symphonies, Monet, excuse me, not Monet, Mendelssohn, Bach, Beethoven. And of course, then we did get into the art and the Monets, Degas, Renoirs, and so on. Fast forward from this class, as I thought was also questioned the academic wisdom of my spending the time there. Fast forward 25 or 30 years later, I'm an executive of a major corporation in Columbus. And of course, the expectation would be that I would serve on a nonprofit board, bring my wealth and wisdom, more the former than the latter, to the board. And what's the first board I get on? It's not the Boys and Girls Club. It's not the Red Cross. It's Opera Columbus. <laughs> After a three-year stint there, it was nine years with the Columbus Symphony Board of Directors. And one of my responsibilities happened to be the allocating three to five million dollars of AT&T Foundation's grants in the state of Ohio. And who's knocking at the door consistently but the art museum people. So unbeknownst to me, that one-hour class really, really paid off. Who would have ever, who would ever believe? <clears throat> It is just a great example of the preparation I received here. So I thank the university, Father, very much for all of that and the life it has bestowed upon us. And thank you, God, for the blessings. Thank you.
Our next award is the, uh, is the Alumni Citizenship Award, and it's uh, being awarded to Colonel Larry Burgess of the class of 69. Uh, his dedication to service beca became evident early in his career at what was then the College of Steubenville, where he began uh, studying political science and philosophy in 1965. Uh, that was the year I entered the world. It was a good, uh, it's a good year. Oh, come on. Younger people will be up here soon. <laughs> I'll have my turn. So three weeks into college, though, he joined the U.S. Marine Corps' platoon leader class and uh, took on the program's requirements on top of his class load and worked as a manager for the nationally ranked basketball team, the Barons. Uh, he's a Virginia native, and he served as the class student council rep for all four years. He was the president of interfraternity council his senior year. He served as a resident assistant in the dormitories in his junior and senior year, but as a testimony to the fact that our people are here, he must not have um, had the same reaction from people as he was a student that uh, other RAs have had. So he's, uh, he did so without antagonizing the population he served, which was, which was noteworthy. He initially was going to transfer to either the U of Virginia or Notre Dame, and, uh, but the brotherhood uh, that he experienced within Alpha Cairo and his relationship with Linda Horning, uh, who would later become his wife, proved convincing reasons to stay in Steubenville. Uh, he attended OCS at Quantico the summer between his junior and senior years, and he was commissioned a second lieutenant upon graduation and reported for active duty three weeks later in 1969, serving around the country and the globe, including postings in Vietnam, Korea, Japan, and the Soviet Union. While with the Marine Corps, he graduated with distinction from numerous military colleges, including the National Defense University, the Marine Corps Command and Staff College, and the postgraduate graduate intelligence program at the, at the Defense Intelligence College. Since retiring from active duty in 1995, uh, Colonel Burgess has served in several military intelligence positions, including Deputy Director for Military Support for the National Reconnaissance Office. He currently serves as Deputy Undersecretary of Defense in the Office of Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and is a member of the CIA Senior Intelligence Service. Larry and Linda were married in 1971 after he returned from Vietnam and remained together until her passing. Uh, and they raised two sons, Matthew and John. And so in recognition of his outstanding leadership and service to our country, as well as to his local community, bringing honor not only to his alma mater, but to the United States, Francis Siskin University of Steubenville is proud to honor him with the Alumni Citizenship Award. I appreciate the opportunity, Father and Tim and Chris, to talk about Father Brian when I was resident director. <laughs> Now, actually, he offered me indulgences, if I would not say much at all, so I'll let this one pass. Now, the other thing I noticed very quickly is I was looking over the resumes and uh, the bios of our distinguished other uh, nominees and awardees tonight was Dr. Adam Tate. <clears throat> Never met Dr. Tate until tonight, um, and I do notice that on my bio, which I didn't pay much attention to, they did admit the fact that I am a graduate with two degrees from one of the fully accredited schools in the Southeastern Conference, the University of Tennessee, which is more than I can say for people who went to the University of Alabama. <laughs> so, as we all know, in the third Saturday of every October, Tennessee and Alabama play, and we're going to suit them up this year in Knoxville, and we're going to take it to them. <laughs> uh, fantasies have all been always been one of my stronger suits. <laughs> so to the, to the point here of the award, I, I do appreciate the honor. I'm not exactly sure how you all came to pick me, because I know there are far more deserving people. 
But as I was coming up here, I was trying to think of the common theme, and it goes back to what I learned in my home from my Irish mother. She used to always tell us, when you grow up, you need to do something for service, something greater than self. So she always suggested in order to be a doctor, she's not Jewish, she's Irish, to be a priest or be a military officer. It was pretty obvious to me early on that I had no ability to be a doctor, but the priest-military thing was a toss-up until I came here. <laughs> Having spent 12 years in all-boys Catholic prep schools, I was bedazzled by the fact that there was women in this world. <laughs> and I quickly decided that I should turn that particular aspect over to Father Brian, <laughs> who came to that conclusion very late in life. <laughs> All right, so the, the, the theme, though, of service something greater than self is something that we learned here at school as well. And with me, I hear people talking to me all the time saying, thank you for your service, and I'm always wondering why they say that. Because in my entire life, the 30-some years in the Marines and the 15-some years in the CIA, I've always been able to do wonderful jobs working for great people and leading great Americans doing missions which I think were important. Every single job I ever had was nothing but fun. I've enjoyed it immensely. I have benefited more than anybody else. So I am grateful for the Lord for the opportunity to have had these chances to serve with these people. And I would urge all of you, if you have young members of your family, despite the fact that they're currently not drawing salaries, to consider government service either as a military, member of the military, or in some aspect of it. This service to community is something that we all need to give back to because that's really the essence. I think it's the message that the Pope is talking about these days too. And finally, I would say with no sense of uh, false humility because she's not here, nobody gets to do the things that I got to do as often as I did with as much relish as I did without the strength of a uh, strong supporting wife. For 40 years, Linda was on my side, and she allowed me the opportunity to go these places, do these things, while she stayed home and raised the kids. So uh, God bless her, uh, God bless Franciscan University, and thank you very much. Next uh, award is the 2013 Professor Edward J. Kelly Award for Success in Business. And it uh, is going to be awarded to Albert Ray Chalice from the class of 1967. Ray was born in England to a British father and American mother, therefore eligible to run for President of the United States. <laughs> he got an early start in his world travels. Exactly. He can, he can prove it, but no one will ask. Um, since moving to Pennsylvania as a young child, he's lived and worked all over. His uh, time in Steubenville was a key step in his journey. He had, his goal in attending college was to become a naval officer. Uh, he began as an engineering science student, but changed to political science midway through freshman year, but also joined the Naval ROTC, attended officer candidate school over the summer, and received his commission after graduation. And in addition to his studies, he had time to embrace life on campus, and he pledged Tau Kappa Epsilon in his second semester of his freshman year. He played intramural football, basketball, and softball. He, too, was elected a class representative for the freshman year, class president in his sophomore year, and was on the Interfraternity Council. Uh, he recalls uh, fondly that everybody was an altar boy. That was a quote we got from him. Uh, and he reminisces of walks up the hill with Father Antonius Yester and having confession on the way to serving mass. But his naval career took him around the world. 
and as a worker as a communications officer gave him a strong background in telecommunications and technology for a civilian career that would, uh, would, he would embark upon after leaving active duty in 1971. Since then, he built a successful career in sales and management for such global companies as Signal Tree Solutions and Dell Services, and currently serves as business development director for CGI. He married Joyce in 1985 while he was based in London, but running around the world for work with British Telecom, North America at that time. They now live northwest of Atlanta, two dogs and a parrot. Um, and in, in recognition of his success and his leadership in business, and for providing an excellent example for current and future alumni to follow, Franciscan University is proud to honor Ray Chalice with the Professor Edward J. Kelly Award for 2013. So I was on campus two years before Chris was born. <laughs> and it didn't look anything like this. Um, I, thank you very much for the honor. I, uh, when I got the letter uh, uh, notifying me that I'd won this award, I, I uh, couldn't believe it. There were um, a number of things I might be honored for in my life, and I didn't think that this would be one since I never took a business class when I was here at Steubenville. And Ed Kelly would probably roll over his grave if he knew that I was winning. <laughs> <laughs> at any rate, um, so you might ask me, uh, this reminds me of Admiral Stockdale during the time that uh, he was running for vice president with uh, Ross Perot, and he said, why am I here and who am I, right, <laughs> for, the, for the debate. Uh, debate. And uh, so how did I get here? So I can tell you that this was my last choice of four colleges. I wanted to go to the Naval Academy, and uh, I had a problem with my eye, so I couldn't get to the Naval Academy. I then wanted to go to Penn State. My father, who was a very conservative British gentleman, read in the uh, newspaper that Penn State was one of the top ten party schools in the country. And he said, you're not going there. I went to Bishop Egan High School, so he said to me, you're going with the Franciscans. To me, the Franciscans were St. Francis and Loretto, so I was going to go to St. Francis and Loretto. In July of that year, between the time I graduated and the time I was supposed to go to college, the College of Steubenville offered me a scholarship. In my house, that was a no-brainer. It could have been an all-girls school, and that's where I was going to My first day in Steubenville was at the train station downtown Steubenville at 6.15 in the morning. And I looked at my father and I said, Penn State? So, uh, so why did I stay? So after my freshman year, uh, during my freshman year, I, I met uh, my classmates. I met a lot of older students uh, on campus. I became a, a member of fraternity, and um, Steubenville became home. Uh, the priests and the professors, um, they weren't interested in their next research assignment or their next paper they were going to write or the next book they were going to talk about. They were interested in the 5, 10, or 15 kids that were in their class and how they were going to get them through that day. Uh, I talked to my friends who went to Duke or went to Penn State or went to U University of Southern California, and they learned calculus in a room with a television. Uh, I had classes that had, in some cases, three people. A um, couple of things about three people. You had to study, you had to pay attention, and you couldn't BS your way through class that day. Right? <laughs> so um, I, thought, I, I really did think that the professors uh, during the time I was here were we were interested in you to the point where, especially in political science, which was one of the reasons I changed from engineering, uh, you could have whatever opinion you wanted to have as long as you could prove what it is we were talking about. It didn't matter that you were 18 years old and they were not. It didn't matter that you didn't have a degree and they did. If you had an idea and you could, with a thesis, back up what you were saying, um, that, then it was valid. 
and it was viable. Um, so what happened to me was the library, the one on campus, not the one down the hill where we used to go drink, for those of you who are uh, yeah. Once in a while, he would minister to us there, I know. Always, always, always the uplifting pastor. <laughs> At any rate, uh, I found that that was a place of, um, of academic freedom. I could go to the library, I could read, I, didn't, I wasn't restricted to what was in uh, being taught in the class that day. And that library became, in my four years here, the most important place that I spent my time. Matter of fact, I cut classes to spend time in the library. Uh, I used to get, Father Yester used to get a little upset with me because he'd be getting ready to go to class and I'd stay in the library. One small story you were telling, uh, I told one earlier this evening. Um, in political science classes, you learn a lot about uh, The Prince by Machiavelli. So I decided I wanted to read the book. And I went to the little card reader thing that they had then. And um, I see Machiavelli, The Prince, Library B. Now, don't know about the library now, but when I was here, it was one story. Uh, so I couldn't figure out where Library B was. I went to the student that was uh, running the library and said, I want to get this book. And she got kind of red in the face and had to get the priest who was responsible for the library. He came out and he said, well, you can't read that book. It's on the restricted list. I said, what do you mean it's on the restricted list? I, I go to class. I have to read about this. No, I'm sorry. You can't read that book. So this was my first uh, revolutionary thought in my life. I went downtown Steubenville. I bought the book, The Prince by Machiavelli, and I sat in the library and read it. <laughs> I was on my way to becoming a naval officer and free. <laughs> um, so what did this all, the, all this lead to in my life? Uh, four years after I was here, now I've got to go and, and play Navy for a while and figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I had never had a plan beyond uh, the Navy. And was, when I was a little boy, I didn't play uh, Army. I always played Navy. I didn't play cops and, and, and uh, robbers, and that's, I always played Navy. So off I go to the Navy, and after a few years, I decide I actually want to do something else in my life. I'm a political science major. I know I don't want to teach. So um, I didn't take a business course. So what am I going to do? Um, Shell Oil and I found each other, and they taught me how to sell things, and that began my career. But more importantly, what I learned here was, again, with the freedom of thought, that, that I picked up when I was here was, if I paid attention, I kept my mouth shut, I listened to people who knew what they were talking about. I knew how to write because it was a requirement here. You had to take 12 hours of English. You had to be able to write. Um, those things held me in good stead. Uh, I also learned that the library was a good place to learn about information technology. So information technology didn't exist when I was here, um, but it's here now. and. Um, and as they say, I'm one of them. That's what I do for a living. Um, and it's been a great life. So the three things I wanted to attain in my life, I wanted to become a college graduate, I wanted to be a naval officer, and I wanted to find a woman I could spend my life with. And there she is. So thank you. I'm just more than honored by this, this privilege to be here. I really want to thank my fraternity brothers who came here tonight. Um, I, I, you don't know how important your presence is here to me tonight. Thank you very much. Next award is the Dr. John Carrig Award, and it's uh, being presented to Dr. Adam Tate of the class of 1994. Adam came to Franciscan University from New Orleans, Louisiana, for the rigorous academic environment. 
but he found the Franciscan spirituality pervading campus to be equally important to his formation. He was dedicated to his studies. He actively participated in the honors program and earned bachelor's degrees in both history and philosophy. He was a member of the first group of students to uh, participate in the uh, university's experience in Gaming, Austria. Uh, as I did, he uh, joined in his image household during his freshman year and served as assistant coordinator, I never did that, and coordinator over the next three years. He credits the support and friendship and brotherhood he found with IHI as being one of the enduring benefits of his time at Franciscan University. Others, he says, are the living witnesses of the TORs and the conviction he gained of the importance of sacramental life. After graduating, he went on to earn his master's and PhD in early American history with an emphasis on the American South from the University of Alabama. I understand they've got a sports team or two, <laughs> Colonel. And he uh, researches and writes on the history of the American South, giving lectures and participating in conferences on American history. His research has been published in numerous academic journals. He's taught history and humanities at several colleges and currently serves as a professor of history at Clayton State University in Georgia. He directed that university's honors program from 2007 to 2013, revising the curriculum and dramatically increasing enrollment in the program. He lives near Atlanta, Georgia with his wife and six children. In recognition of his success in the field of education and the fine example he provides for current and future alumni to follow, Franciscan University is proud to honor Dr. Adam Tate with the Dr. John Carrig Award. I appreciate it very much. In fact, when I got the letter, I thought they must have somebody else in mind. But uh, my, own, uh, my own achievements are modest, I know, next to the achievements of a number of alumni that I am friends with. But I, I do want to say a couple of words. I must say that I really do love the university. Uh, but one of the problems is, is that it has put a great burden upon me. And the burden is that I have to take what I've learned and give back. Because, uh, I mean that in a good sense, is that the university changed my life in so many ways. It has it taught me so much. I learned so much here. And I feel uh, that since that was given to me, I have an obligation to give that to others. The faculty here was simply tremendous. They spent a lot of time with me. Since I'm a faculty member now, I realize what that entailed. <laughs> Listening to an 18 to 21-year-old spout off about how he's going to solve the problems of the world is rather uh, tiring. And, uh, but <laughs> I appreciated so much the dedication of the faculty. There's a number of faculty members that I would thank in person, but I want to talk about Dr. Carrig briefly. I took Dr. Carrig six times as a history major. And of course, everybody knows Dr. Carrig. And I don't want to talk about stories of Dr. Carrig, uh, about uh, what he says in class and so forth. Everybody, you know, a number of people have heard that. But I want to talk about two stories about Dr. Carrig uh, that are kind of interesting. One of those is that uh, Dr. Carrig came to Austria the first year when we were there, the first semester. And uh, I had had Dr. Carrig in my freshman year twice. And uh, we had gotten to talk. And of course, he was from Buffalo, and I was from New Orleans. It's not exactly the same kind of place. But anyhow, 
Dr. Kara got a kick out of me for some reason, but I remember he went like about the second second week when we were in Austria. He went over to Hungary, him and his wife, and he had some story to tell me for about five minutes about the Hungarians, the Magyars, right? Yeah. So he uh, he then but he then reached into his pocket and he pulled out a little kind of a cellophane bag, and he said, "Here, I bought this for you." I said, "What is this?" Now look in the bag, it's some dried hot peppers. And he said, well, I figured, you know, the Germans, they don't eat any hot food. So you're from Louisiana, you probably need some spice here in Austria. <laughs> and sure enough, I did drop that in the soup uh, many days <laughs> when I could stomach it. But anyhow, yeah, it was great. Just a little touch there. But the other story I tell us, too, is that... Uh, when I was a junior, I was in, I was guess I'd take Dr. Carrick for the fifth time by this point. And I woke up one morning in February and I look out my window and I see it had snowed all night. Now, I, you know, I'm from the deep south. I hate the snow. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to class. I had Carrick at 8 o'clock. So I put my head back down and went to sleep, woke up. A couple hours later, feeling good, went to class. Well, Dr. Carrick was not very happy that I had missed his class. And he kind of let me know. And I always thought that, you know, that was a great example that uh, he showed me, that there's uh, no time to slack off, that he cared about me being there, even though he didn't need to. There was no need for him to do that. And it was those little things that made Dr. Carrick such a great man and a great teacher. There were other things that he told me just in passing that he probably didn't give any thought to that I took away and I've thought about ever since, frankly. The great thing about Dr. Carrick was that he was a great Catholic man and he was a great example of how to live the faith. He was a great example of what it meant to love what you do and to have a passion for it and to pass that on to others. Of course, there are many others I could thank. Of course, my, my father in particular, who uh, I blame him for becoming a historian. He would always bring me back books from his business travels, and I would read them eagerly as he, uh, as he was unpacking his suitcase. Uh, and we love, we share a love of history together. I'd like to thank my wife as well, who supported me for many long years in graduate school and such. And I'd like to thank, too, my household brothers uh, in IHI who were very important for my time here at Steubenville, and many of them are here tonight, and I greatly appreciate that. I'd just like to, cl just like to close with saying that Steubenville is a special place, and I can't think of many other institutions that I would be proud to be a part of. I take very seriously that uh, I'm an alumni of this university, I'm very proud of that fact, and I try to give the university a good name whenever I can. It's a great place. It is a great place. I thought, you know, I told somebody tonight as I was flying on the plane, I said, how did I come a thousand miles from South Louisiana to end up in Steubenville, Ohio? I have no idea, but I'm very glad I did, and thank you very much for this award. Next award is the Father Dan Egan Award, and it will be presented to Dr. David Bourne of the class of 1992.
promoting the dignity of the human person takes many forms. And Dave Bourne's dedication to doing just that has made him a leader and an inspiration to others since early in his time at Franciscan University. As a freshman, he joined in his image house household. He played intramural sports and helped build up the brotherhood in his two years as coordinator. He returned to campus early each year to assist new students as a member of the orientation team and served as fellow students as a residence hall council representative and as treasurer for an obscure organization known as the Society of Biology Majors. <laughs> but he also spent his summers serving. In 1989, he was a nurse's aide at Alter Care of Hartville. And from 1990 to 1993, he was an instrument technician at Children's Medical Center of Akron. After graduating with his bachelor's degree in biology and minors in chemistry, mathematics, and psychology, is that like 200 credits? <laughs> he worked as a bio biochemistry tutor while enrolled at University of Cincinnati College of Medicine. During medical school and residency, he was a member and leader of many groups, including the Christian Medical Fellowship, the AMA Student Association, and the American Academy of Family Physicians. He received his license from the State Medical Board of Ohio in September 1997 and became board certified by the American Academy of Family Physicians in 1999. After completing his residency in 1999, he began working at Cherry Westgate Family Practice in Granville, Ohio, and he's been a partner there since 2001. He shares his expertise with his community. He volunteers with the Cub Scouts, Newark High School Athletics, and the Community Health Clinic. He's been on the board of Heartbeats of Licking County Pregnancy Care Center since 2001 and has served as the medical director for that organization since 2003. He and his wife, Elaine, also a, a, a graduate from the class of 1992, live in Newark, Ohio. So in recognition of his leadership in healthcare and his work to promote the human dignity of every person, Franciscan University of Steubenville is proud to honor Dr. David Bourne with the Father Dan Egan Award. Now, I'm not really comfortable with uh, public speaking, so I'd feel a lot more better if you all slipped into a gown with a slit up the back. <laughs> oh, we don't have time for that? Oh, all right. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for this university, for Father Michael Scanlon and his vision, for my professors, my household brothers, for meeting my wonderful and beautiful wife here, for my children and my vocation. I stole that phrase, thanks be to God, from a priest. So, I had just told him what a great homily he had had, and then he paused, and he said, thanks be to God. And I realized he meant it. I try to mean it, and I use it whenever I can as I work to become a saint, a saint with a small s. Because I know that's what Franciscan is really all about. It is what it excels at, beyond any other university that I know, preparing its students to become saints, most with a small s. Hopefully some will become saints with a big s. Of course, it goes without saying that my children will be among that group, <laughs> but there's plenty of room for others as well. But not only does Franciscan excel at its most important goal, but it also excels academically. In medical school, I never found my education lacking when compared to other big-name schools, Tennessee, Alabama, you know, all this. <laughs> I was well prepared to meet any of the academic challenges. There are many other challenges facing the medical field today, especially in the area of right to conscience. This afternoon, I met with current Franciscan students in a question and answer session. 
These students will be in the midst of that struggle, and I am confident that they will be well prepared. And I can tell you that I was immensely impressed with the current students, and there is reason for great hope. They are fantastic. Thanks again to my wife and my children who make the hidden sacrifice to allow me to practice medicine, and I rely on their prayers. And finally, a word of encouragement to my fellow alumni. Do something quick, for obviously if I'm up here, they're scraping to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> thanks again to the alumni board, and most of all, thanks be to God. A few years ago, we renamed the Faithful Franciscan Award for Rose Defiti. Uh, and obviously, that was, a, that was pretty obvious why we would do that. And it's always great to be able to give an award out in her name. And this year, it will be going to John Fisher, CPA of the class of 1983. After John arrived in Steubenville as a freshman from Long Island, New York, he slowly realized that he'd come home. Although, this is not in the remarks, it's unclear to me why one would trade Jones Beach for the Ohio River <laughs> or New York teams for the penguins. It's just hard to say. Um, while earning his bachelor's degree in accounting, he was also active around campus. He volunteered with, youth, with the Youth Detention Center Ministry, Music Ministry, and the University Bookstore. He took photographs for the, uh, what was then the, the, the name of the student newspaper, The Baronet, now The Troubadour, The Yearbook, and for the Public Relations Department. He joined Theophilus Household and Alpha Phi Delta Fraternity. It was back in the day when you could do both. Great idea. You should do it again serving as fraternity president in 1982. That year, uh, the Steubenville chapter of Alpha Phi Delta, was one of the, which was one of the smallest in the, in the country, was nevertheless named as chapter of the year and attended the National Council meeting in New York. After he graduated, he became a CPA and began working with the Wintersville, Ohio firm, de designing accounting software for the automotive aftermarket. Uh, he remained with that company after they were bought by a Pittsburgh company. As he learned the industry, he became an expert on that kind of accounting and software and left to co-found Signal Software Cor Corporation on his own in 1992. Um, he, he had never been on the sales end of business at that point, but he took on the challenge and discovered that he enjoyed it. And when he co-founded another automotive software company, Open Webs Corporation in 2000, he became vice president of sales and has continued to run sales and marketing uh, since Open Webs itself was purchased by an international software firm in 2002. Uh, so if you follow John's career, um, you can buy the stock it's a possible M&A transaction coming, so you can always keep that in mind. Um, Steubenville has, notwithstanding what I said about the Ohio Valley, uh, the Ohio River versus Jones Beach, actually been a great place to raise a family for John and Susan, uh, who's a, a, a graduate of the class of 1984. Uh, he's volunteered with his alma mater and, uh, and around the community, and he's assisted with the university's marriage preparation course on finances. He's, he's sat on, on the Franciscan University Alumni Board, served as our vice president, uh, he has also served on boards and committees for Holy Rosary School and the Diocese of Steubenville. He's actually been a, a great help in, as a local presence as we've had alumni uh, reunions and uh, even he and Susan have opened their home uh, to help alumni connect and reconnect with each other in a friendly off-campus setting as well. And that's been a, a really a great part of the success of those events in connecting and reconnecting alumni to, to this institution. Uh, and he's the coach of the St. Peter's Church men's softball team. How that's Apparently, that's like being the coach of the Yankees. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, the Pirates. Um, so in, in recognition of his loyal service uh, and volunteer service to not only the community but to his alma mater, uh, we are very proud to honor John Fisher with the Rose Defeaty Faithful Franciscan Award. Well, thank you. This is, uh, this is quite an honor.
and it's an honor to be up here receiving this award. Um, just a few people to thank at first, um, Father Sean, uh, Tim Delaney, Director of Alumni, uh, and Nancy and Mary back there that do just a great job in the alumni office. Got to know them a lot with Tim um, as I've uh, you know, worked with the, with the alumni board, which has been a real pleasure uh, over the last few years. Uh, thank you to Chris, <coughs> who I've got to know known, uh, you know, fairly well over the last three or four years, and um, it's been it's been great. His service uh, to this alumni board has been has been wonderful. He's you know he's an out of towner, and he's here every single meeting. So you know a lot of us, or a lot of people from out of town, don't make all the meetings, but Chris is here every single every single one. Um, I'd also like to thank Father Denny, who uh, who's a, the alumni chaplain, uh, who by the way is a brother of Alpha Phi Delta fraternity. And was also um, the uh, the household advisor of Theophilus, the household that I was in back back in the early 80s. Um, and I'd also like to remember and recognize uh, Rose Defiti, uh, for whom this uh, award is named. You know, I, I don't know, <coughs> did not know her personally, but you know, every, everyone knew Rose, and she just was a was a, an example of service uh, to this school for so many years. Um, I am truly humbled to be honored uh, for this award. You know, there are so many people that are associated with this fantastic university that um, that far more are far more deserving than I, but I do but I do accept this. I also share this award with my family, <clears throat> many of whom are here today. Uh, as Chris mentioned, we we all decided to make Steubenville our home here back 30 years ago, coming from New York, uh, and be associated with this university. Uh, first, I'd like to thank my mom and dad, <clears throat> very special. I love them very much. And uh, thanks for being here tonight. And also, I'd like to thank, uh, in a special way, Teresa Danaher Fisher, who um, who made a decision <coughs> a few years before me to come to this school, to this small little school that, that I didn't know anything about. And uh, I think if it wasn't for her making that decision, I wouldn't be here today. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you for my for my children that are here, or at least most of them, and uh, that are here, and my grandchild. Um, and I also thanks, thank my brother Mark as well, who's been a, just a great, a great support for me over the years too. Um, and of course, lastly, my wife Susan. It was, um, it was here on campus uh, 33 years ago. Today, actually, October 4th, we had our first date. And um, <laughs> parents weekend. So. so thank you, Susan. Uh, Susan and I have raised our family here. We love uh, this town. We love this university. Uh, some of you may know this, but with my current company, when we sold our company in 2002, uh, I have had the privilege of, of living anywhere in the country. I, could, I, you know, I run sales and marketing for, for a public company right now. And um, you know, I've, been, I've been asked to move to our office in California, office in uh, the Philadelphia area. But I, you know, Susan and I, back about 10 years ago, made a choice to live here and we continue to do that because we love the town, we love the school, and it's just been great to, 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 uh, to be a part of the, uh, the, the alumni board over the last few years and be able to kind of, kind of give back. So it's been, it's been great. Um, I think that's it. Thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate it. The next award is, for, is, to, uh, is, the, is the Outstanding Young Alumni Award, and it, we will be presenting it to uh, Aaron Cunningham. We'll actually be speaking about Aaron and perhaps giving him the chance uh, to come back next year and receive it if he's here in person. Aaron wouldn't, isn't able to make it, but I'll tell you a little bit about him. Uh, it, the hard work and dedication that have been a key to his success academically, professionally, and personally 
He arrived as a student uh, and took an intense court lo course load and actually was one of those people who took 18 credits uh, just about every semester as well as summer classes and got out in three years, graduated in three years with a bachelor's degree. Uh, and, and in doing so, though, received the Father Stafford Award for Excellence in Business Administration, summa cum laude, uh, with his bachelor's degree in accounting. Uh, he recalled intermediate accounting class at Franciscan University, uh, which is, for all those of us who are accountants know, that's the hardest class in the program. It's the hardest class it can be in any school, in any program, uh, and he thought that was the best class he'd ever taken, the most interesting. So he obviously showed th that kind of initiative. And he credits, him with, credits it with giving him the background he needed to excel. Uh, he was a member of Soldiers Under Command Household, and in that organization developed many lasting friendships as well. Following graduation, uh, he became a global data analyst for Bloomberg LP, where he helped to develop comparative valuation analytics, as, which is a method of investment analysis. And then he began working for Pensions and Investments magazine in 2008 as a data editor, ultimately becoming director of research and analytics in January 2011. I did mention he graduated in 2007. So this is uh, all in a short period of time. He currently manages an online database of pension fund and asset manager information. He researches and reports on the U.S. retirement market. Uh, he's expanded his knowledge of the field by working toward his master's degree in accountants from Loyola University in Chicago, which he completed in February of 2011, graduating even there with, with high dean's honors and a perfect GPA. He's a certified, he's a chartered alternative investment analyst and was named one of the 15 professionals under 30 to watch by the media industry newsletter. He graduated in 2007. <laughs> he volunteers his time tutoring and teaching financial literacy to inner city youth at Catholic schools. He served on the boards of the Big Shoulders Fund in Chicago and the Inner City Scholarship Fund in New York. He and his wife, Michelle, recently welcomed their first child, Catherine, and uh, in recognition of his remarkable academic and professional achievements in a short time, as well as his dedication to service, which he fits in to this burgeoning professional career. We're pr uh, pleased to honor him with the Outstanding Young Alumni Award. With short notice, he was unable to attend. He has, though, asked us to convey his love of the university, his appreciation for the honor, and his sincere apology for his absence. Hopefully, he'll be here next year, and we'll allow him to uh, receive it uh, and hear what we had to say about him tonight. So congratulations to Aaron. Our final award is to Father Mike, Michael Gately, uh, MIC, of the class of 1999. Uh, he has desired to do great things for God since he was young, and God has abundantly blessed his efforts. He chose Franciscan University of Steubenville, he tells us, over UCLA after praying to St. Therese of Lisieux for direction. And it was here that his heart was set on fire with love for Christ, and he opened his heart to the call to give his life to God beginning his 15-year formational journey to ordination. Over his years of study and formation, Father Gately earned his master's in theology, his licentiate in moral theology. In October of 2010, he was ordained a Marian Father of the Immaculate Conception at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. He was chosen to become Father Joseph MIC, which is the honorary title for the director of the Association of Marian Helpers by his provincial superior before he was even ordained. Is that allowed? Father Sean's a canon lawyer. We'll get back to you. The Association of Marian Helpers is a spiritual benefit society with one and a half million members around the world. And he, being named director is a prestigious honor, especially for such a young priest. As director of the association, he launched a new pastoral, pastoral initiative in 2012 called Hearts of Fire, which is a parish-based program for the new evangelization. 
More than 10,000 people since then in parishes across the country have already been blessed by this small group approach to faith renewal. He's written three books on the spiritual life and theology. And his do-it-yourself retreat, which is called Consoling the Heart of Christ, is a top-selling book on the divine mercy devotion. He frequently appears on EWTN and preaches retreats and missions on the divine mercy around the country. So in recognition of his immense contributions to the Catholic faith through his writings and work to promote the message of divine mercy worldwide, we're pleased to and, and proud to honor Father Michael Gately, MIC, with the Bishop John King Musio Award. Father Michael extends his regrets at not being able to join us tonight, but he did ask Father Angelo Casimiro of the Marians of the Immaculate Conception to not only receive the award on his behalf, but to say a few words. So, Father Angelo, if you would please come up. Well, Father Michael apologizes for not being able to come here tonight, but he asked me to deliver to you th this following message. Greetings to all, and thank you to the alumni board and to my fellow alumni for granting me the great blessing and honor of this distinguished award. I'm very sorry I could not be with you in person, but it's really the university's own fault. It taught me too well that evangelization and works of mercy get to the very essence of the church's identity and that we must be always mindful of the poor. So as you're listening to this, I'm about to have a private audience with Our Lady Guadalupe in Mexico City as a kickoff to several days of meetings to bring free Marian consecration books and divine mercy materials to all of Mexico and Latin America, especially to the poorest of the poor. Therefore, I am trusting that you understand why, unfortunately, I can't be with you. But fortunately, I can now ask you all for prayers. I am relying on your prayers for the success of these meetings. For my part, I assure each and every one of you that I am bringing you directly to Mary's motherly heart this very evening. May you feel her tender embrace, as did St. Juan Diego. May she inspire us to love the Lord and everyone we meet. And may our other mother, our beloved alma mater, continue to lead her children along the Franciscan way of service to Christ and the church. God bless you and thank you again. United in prayer, Father Michael. I'd like to introduce our, uh, our new president, Father Sean Sheridan. He's being inaugurated this Thursday. Um, however, he's been on the job since June 1 and uh, leading the way for us already. Um, so please welcome him, and uh, he has some remarks for us. Uh, it's my great pleasure to be able to welcome you home here to Franciscan University, especially all of our alums and any people who are visiting here with us uh, this weekend. Uh, as Tim just said, I've been on the job now for about four short months. Uh, and as Tim didn't say, the first event that I was blessed to be able to participate in off campus was an alumni event. And I've had numerous occasions to engage in meeting various alums throughout the country. Um, various, all, all kind of different people who come to the conferences as well uh, and talk about their experience here at Franciscan University and what the university has come to mean to them uh, is very important. Uh, one of the common themes that I often hear with regard to people talking about their experience at the university um, is that desire that they came to know and understand here to form communities here uh, at the university. Many of you uh, participated in households. Some of you participated in fraternities uh, as well. I see that th those experiences really transcend the life here at the university whenever the alums go on and live in different parts of the country as well. And even people who are not directly associated with the university, uh, having graduated here, comment on that. How many alums from the university go and are able to have that deep desire to form communities in their parish, 
to form communities in their diocese. And because you're doing those kind of things, you're transforming the life in your parish. You're transforming the life in your diocese. And so many additional people are coming on fire for the faith that they would not have had the other opportunity to do so, but for your efforts in reaching out and trying to develop those communities where you find yourself. Tonight, we've had many good examples of leaders and the alumni who are working in the community to do these kind of things. We need to continue to foster and grow and develop that kind of relationship with all of our alumni out there in the world, out there trying to form uh, other people to become good men and women, uh, bringing others closer to Christ. Um, it's important for us here at the university that you continue your roles as ambassadors for us, to be able to continue to send students to us, to be able to do mentoring activities for us, whatever way you feel God is calling you to help us to be able to carry out this great mission here at the university that so many people are dedicated to and for which we thank God each and every day. Uh, know that you are in our prayers. The friars pray for all of you uh, every day and know that you're always welcome here and particularly this weekend as we gather together for this homecoming weekend. And I look forward to the opportunity to meet you, to get to know you better and to travel and be with you in your own hometowns as we go together to uh, try to advance the mission of this great university. So thank you and welcome once again. I want to introduce Father Terrence Henry, our university chancellor. We're blessed that he's going to stay with us here at the university in the role of chancellor, and he is going to offer benediction and close our evening. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to honor our distinguished alums who were recognized here this evening. Like St. Francis, you have made them instruments in building up our country, and building up education, the medical community, the business community, and the church universal. May our present students be inspired by their example, and may we continue to grow in wisdom age and grace and we offer you this prayer in the name of jesus christ our lord amen, amen. in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen.